0: Welcome to the King's Chapel Alaska Podcast. From wherever you are listening, we are so excited that you tuned in today. Let's prepare our hearts to hear from God's Word. Take your Bibles, turn to the book of Isaiah, a passage that I've preached from hundreds of times. Ah, that's exaggerating. Many times. I'll say 50. Maybe hundred. I'd have to look. I actually save every message, nearly every message I ever preach. I have thousands of messages stored on my hard drive on my computer, which is backed up three times. (laughs) It's just thousands, literally thousands of hours of work and study. Isaiah 60 is one of my favorite passages. See, Pastor, you sure say that a lot about a lot of passages. Yes, that's true. I have lots of favorite passages. I, I love the Word. Does anybody else love the Word? I love God's Word. Strength through all my flesh. His Word, a lamp unto my feet and a light upon my path. His Word will endure, will remain forever. Heaven and earth will pass. His Word will remain forever. Your Word. The word of God needs to be the bedrock that your faith is built on. If you have faith in anything other than God's word, you need to change that and learn the word, grow in the word, learn to rightly divide the word. Powerful text of scripture. Isaiah 16, verse one. Here we go. You ready? Rise and shine for your light has come. (laughs) <laughs> I could stop right there. That's so good right there. And the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth and deep darkness the people. But the Lord, everybody say, but the Lord. But the Lord will arise over you and the glory will be seen upon you. The Gentiles shall come to your light and kings to the brightness of your rising. You know what? That's not the text I want to read. I'm so sorry. It's really good, though. Go to, go to Isaiah 61. I'm like, hey, where, where's my verse? <laughs> it, 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 they work together. I, Isaiah 61, verse 1. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. <laughs> ah, Because the Lord has anointed me to preach the good tidings to the poor. Good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to console those who mourn in Zion and to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Read that again. The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. Father, thank you. Move in power. May we never be the same. May the effects of this service be far reaching even to eternity. God, we thank and praise you for your goodness and the presence of God and the power of God and now the word of God as we unfold that by your your grace, by your power. May the anointing of the Holy Spirit be upon me to preach and each and every one of us to have ears to hear. May you pull back the veneer of the assignment of the enemy to break off a spirit of heaviness in Jesus' name and every other spirit as well for the glory of God in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. I, again, I have preached from this text also, not only Isaiah 60, but Isaiah 61 uh, at least 100 times. It's some of my favorite verses of Scripture, and Jesus preached from it in Luke 4, which we'll talk about here in a moment. We do have notes that would encourage you to go ahead and fill these in, and then use them to go preach to somebody else. Use them to to reach out to people on social media. Like, comment, and share right now, if you would, if you're online, Facebook, on on YouTube. If you listen to it later on, do that so we can reach more people. That's what we're all about. We're about reaching the lost at any cost. We're about expanding the kingdom of God. And this passage is so profound. And, uh, you know, there's, a, there's an art to naming or titling messages, so I'm told, of which I'm pretty sure I don't have that gift or art. That you know, some people actually spend hours Coming up, like their message isn't done, so they come up with the right message, the the right title, and the reason for that is in this social media world. Those those titles and and I can see it on our YouTube channel. I can even I look at all of our YouTube channel and you see how many messages were listened to. You know this one has a hundred. This one has fifty. Some have twenty five. Some are some are much higher, especially with a famous guest speaker, Lou Engle or Perry Stone. I think is one of the biggest ones we've had. And yeah, it could be the guest. You know the name of the person. You know Perry Stone. So somebody's going to go watch it. But it's also the titles and hashtags are on there. And sometimes I have a way of being like a baby boomer uh, title giver. And uh, then my titles are not always so cute and everything and eye-catching and popping and uh, trending and all of that. Uh, I do my best, and I ask the younger staff to help me. Uh, but this one I've done on my own, so if it's baby boomerish, you'll understand. But I love the word trounce. So I've, I've used it in the title here, Trouncing the Spirit of Heaviness say, trounce, I don't think I've ever heard that before. I think I first heard it from my father at a sports event. Oh, you guys trounced him, or you got trounced. And um, trounce, let me, let me give you a definition. To trounce is to defeat when in heavily contested activity or sports. To defeat, though, to defeat in a contest, to defeat the other person. Some synonyms, which I found myself giggling, and you might find the same thing happen. Trounce, trounce. Another word for trounce is to defeat utterly, to beat, to win resounding victory over, to annihilate, to drub, rout, to give someone a drubbing, to crush, overwhelm, bring someone to their knees. Hammer, clobber, trash, paste, to give someone a pasting. I like that right there. Oh, he gave you a pasting. You know who we're gonna give a pasting tonight to? We're gonna give a pasting to the spirit of heaviness and depression and fear. We're gonna give a pasting to it by the power of the word. Come on, someone say the devil got a pasting when Jesus was crucified. Oh, yes, he did. To whip, to pound, to pulverize, to massacre, to demolish, to destroy, to wipe the floor with. To take to the cleaners. (laughs) You ever heard that? I'm taking you to the cleaners, Slick. (laughs) You got taken to the cleaners. Okay. To make mincemeat of. To flatten. To turn inside out. uh, To run circles around. To stuff. Here's a good one. To marmalize. (laughs) To shellac. You ever heard that? Oh, you got a shellacking going to shellac the spirit of heaviness tonight, to blow out cream, skunk, to own. Come on, somebody. We're going to do some trouncing. We're going to do some marmalizing tonight. How many of you ever gone through depression? How many of you ever gone through despair? Despair is uh, I think despair is worse than depression, although they could be married together in definition. Uh, despair is, is to lose your hope. It's to be in a place of utter loss and defeat. It's a horrible place to be in. I, 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 I've, I've been in it. <laughs> You're never going back again. And by the word of the Lord tonight, I'm gonna give you some real simple principles on how to shellac, how to marmalize, how to trout, how to give a pasting to a spirit of heaviness and depression. And the truth is, as we get to the points, which are so simple, I'm not going to preach long to you tonight. I, I took some time this morning to preach long to you. If you'll apply some of these things, and I've given you notes, you go teach somebody else. And you use it as a recipe for, for overcoming, a recipe for trouncing. Here's the, here's the play of how to win in heavy opposition and difficulty in terms of depression and despair. First of all, what causes the phenomena of depression and despair to take place? Well, there's many things. My wife, who's at home resting tonight, encouraged by her Christ-like husband to do that. She's home resting, hopefully making us an amazing dinner. While she partakes online, she said, be sure, be sure, be sure that you're careful not to say what depression, you know, isn't. Make sure you let people know that it's not just maybe a generational thing or, or, uh, or just a physical thing that there is. And she starts describing to me depression and clinical definitions of depression. I, I understand that. I, I, I do. It could be physical. Literally, it could come because you're physically worn out. It can come because you're, you have a lack of sleep. Is there anybody else? Is there anybody else that needs their sleep? As I have matured, which is another way of saying gone older, I get to the place, I can get to the place where I've had such a lack of sleep that literally I, I, I start getting a, a little dizzy. I start having COVID-like symptoms. <laughs> not really. Although nausea, I start feeling like I don't, I don't feel good. And I know it's because I've, you know, I've had three hours. And then before that, I had five hours. And it's like, I need to lie down. And I'm, I'm not even, it's not good. My wife would have to tell me, you, you, you need to lie down. And in those moments, I've felt a heaviness. I'm not thinking right. I'm just not thinking right. Now I wouldn't call that despair, but there can come a spirit of heaviness and even depression because you're not taking care of your physical body. Maybe you haven't had enough sleep. Some of you think it's the devil. You just need to like take a nap. So is that true? That Yeah, that can absolutely be true. One of the things that can also be the case, and I won't stay long for fear of stoning, is a hormonal imbalances. I'm not looking at anybody. I'm looking over everyone. Hormonal imbalances in our lives <laughs> can actually produce a sense of dread and heaviness and despair. Uh, drug-induced, I was on some, uh, I don't know what, what it was, some breathing treatment. Thanks. Steroids, I was on these steroid treatments, and I, I'm gonna tell you, they're not good for me. Now, I think I needed them, I think the Lord used them, and uh, they, they said, oh, you need to be on those for two weeks. No, thanks. Not unless you want to see Frankenstein take the pulpit. Because something was wrong. The, the, the effects of the steroids in me is just producing this. I don't know. I didn't like it. And I, I was just this, you know, really short, you know, tempered, like shorter than, than my usual short. And just like overcoming. And there was this one moment while it was a day that I overdid it. By that afternoon, I had this heaviness come on me that was absolutely spiritual, I believe, but it was also coupled with the results of these steroid treatments. And the heavy feeling of dread, sorrow, and, and, and even fear trying to come on me on my physical body. It wasn't even in my thoughts. I know that's where the battle is, but I felt this just like, you just need to lie down and die. I didn't have that thought because I don't have those thoughts, but, but do you understand what I'm saying? And it can come through uh, through hormones. It can come through drugs. It can come through being overstressed. You're like, I'm t- I'm, I've been telling you about that, being overstressed. You need to relax. Come on, someone say Relax. It could be emotional. Look at your notes. It could be emotional. What do you mean? There's things that I've been through in my life that, that caused, and I've talked about it many times before here over the years, 14 years and two months of being your pastor here in Alaska. There's things I went through in my childhood and, and then on into my early adult years that were very traumatic. What do you mean very traumatic? Real grief. Death, sorrow, loss, real things, circumstances, situations that took place. And when I would come cycle on that year, or come near to it, there was a whole cycle during the holidays. There was, a, there was a whole set of things that would happen and even fragrances and things that in my, in my soul realm. Now, there, your spirit, soul, and body, say it. I'm spirit, soul, and body. So your, your body, your physical body, right? You have a physical body. You you have a a soul, which is your, your mind, your will, and your emotions, okay? Mind, will, and emotions, called soul for tonight's definition. Then you have your spirit. Your spirit is where Jesus comes to live on the inside of, but you have to allow for your mind to be transformed, your soul to be changed, and the way your soul is changed is by lining up your thinking with truth. God's Word is truth and you line your thinking up with truth. And then what's amazing to me, when I'm getting ahead of myself, is that when you line your thoughts up with truth, your emotions begin to fall in line, and even your physical body can line up. And you can actually make yourself sick by the thoughts that you think, and unforgiveness, and on and on and on and on and on and on and on. So I had things in my life that I went through that were very traumatic as a young boy, and very difficult even as a young man. And as I came into Christ and I gave my life to Jesus and I believed on him to be my Lord and Savior and he came and he filled my heart and he saved me and he washed me and he cleansed me and I started the process of discipleship which is a lifelong process and got filled with the spirit I started becoming aware and then hearing messages similar to the one I'm preaching to you started realizing that that cycle that would come right at the holidays or that thing that would come when I would be in a particular environment or or something certain things or even songs. Songs are big. How many of you know some you say, oh, that was our song. Oh, never listen to it again. That was our song. Stop it. Oh, my ex-husband, ex-wife, you know, we used to listen to that song. Every time I hear it, I just cry. Well, don't listen to it. And so it could be emotional caused by personal trauma, unhealed grief, when we went through the loss of our child, and I won't get into the whole story, had a baby that lived for about 15 minutes and he went straight to heaven. When we went through that, that was incredible grief for me and, and very difficult, more difficult for my wife as she carried that child nearly full term. And so it took a while to get through that grief. You know, grief is, grief is difficult, praying for the Coombs, and I don't know if they're here. I can't see with the lights in my eyes, or perhaps they're online. And it's grieving and hurting at the loss of their son. Grief is real. I purposed, I don't know where I had this. Let me help you with the grief, some of you. I purposed, I was studying, I, I don't know, I was studying Hebrew culture, and they they will grieve for one full year, one whole year, they allow themselves to grieve. Now, now, uh, psychologists and therapists and grief counselors, and there's all kinds of different people that give different ideas about how long you should grieve for. One thing I will say for certain, determine a set time of how long you will grieve for, and at the end of that, stop. Now, if it's three months, I don't think that's long enough. So as I went through and studying culture of of Jews and understanding the grief process a little bit in Judaism, I figured that Jesus was a Jew, that'll work for me. They grieve for a year. So I decided, and my wife and I decided, and we purposed in our heart, we will not grieve, no matter what happens, we will not grieve for any longer than one year. And and I, I read, actually, they treat grief after a year as it's something from the demonic. So they literally, after a year, you can cry. You can do whatever you want. You can wear black. You can do whatever you want for a whole year. But at the end of a year, they're like, that's it. I'm throwing away my garment of of grief, and I'm now going to serve God with everything I have. Not that you're not serving God when you're grieving, but it's a set time where they stop. Grief, unhealed grief. Come on. Hope deferred makes a heart sick. An unhealed grief can bring a heaviness and a depression. Some of you are grieving over the loss of your son, loss of your daughter, over a failed marriage, over a failed business. Listen, I understand. Now stop. Set a time and stop and purpose in your heart. I'm no longer going to grieve over that failure. I had a, I had something, it's sort of stupid, but it was in my face every day. I didn't have faith to buy the property behind me. And oh, I wish I did. I have it now, but when it was for sale and I could have gotten it, I didn't have it. You know, you can't move beyond the faith that you have. And sometimes personally, you know, our, our lives, when we get to this place that God's leading us. If you don't have faith to do it, then you can't do it. You can't move beyond the faith that God gives you. And so now, I mean, I'm, I'm over it now, but it, it, it was a grief process because every morning I'd wake up And I'd see the new house that they're building on the property that was supposed to be mine, but I didn't have faith to get it. And I know, I've had people say, oh, come on, God, can you be, I know God can get, but I I would grieve, I'd be like, oh, let me never miss it again, God. And that went on and even bringing it up almost makes me nervous that I would start thinking about it again. Does anybody understand what I'm telling you? unhealed grief, past failure, oh, oh, I could list all the things, you know, that I could, I could bellyache and mourn over past failure. Don't do it. Everybody say, don't do it. Don't do it. The enemy wants to afflict you with those things, times of trauma, times of grief, times of past failure. Don't let the enemy use that to trounce you. Use it to marmalize him. Can you say Amen. It could be generational, and we've talked about this before, and I've had people debate me on generational sin, iniquity, curses, so on and so forth, quoting Galatians chapter 3, that Jesus became a curse for us and that we have no curses on us and no generational sin can touch us because of what Jesus has done for us. And I would say this, that potentially that's true. What do you mean, potentially, Pastor? Well, very simply, it is true. If you apply the grace of God in your life and you set it, you determine it, and you take actions not to align your life up with what your granddaddy did, with what your mama did, with the sins of your fathers, and if you 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 can't continue, come on, there's a there's a propensity, for instance, alcoholism. So alcoholism is a, is what I believe to be a generational curse. So, so how many of you know that those who had former alcoholics in their life, they shouldn't drink? Listen, I, I don't, you shouldn't get drunk. Bi- the Bible says you shouldn't get drunk. Drinking is not a sin unless you're getting intoxicated or it's altering. If it begins to alter you, I think that's when sin starts. Okay, so alcoholism is a generational sin. The same is true with depression. The same is true with the spirit of heaviness. How the same is true with lust. The same is true with greed. The same is true with every other sin. And then there's cultures that have uh, generational sin and cultural sin. So in your life, if you see patterns of iniquity, patterns of sin that were in your previous generations, you want to be akamai, as we say in Hawaiian. You want to be aware. You want to be alert. You want to be somebody who says, oh, no, no, no. The blood of Jesus severs that. I'm not passing that on to my kids. But how do you pass it on to your kids? I don't think it's like, um, you know, you sit down, and then you teach them, and you give it to them. It's through your behavior, and it opens up rights for the, for the demonic to actually begin to move in your family and manipulate you. You partner with the oppressor, as I talked about this morning, Re, um, Daniel 7 and 25. You know what? It's so good to be preaching again. Oh, oh my gosh. I'm mean, going to have a praise break. Just talk to yourselves or something. Thank you, Jesus. could be generational. Maybe you recall the story I shared about Derek Prince. Derek Prince is a great man of God. I'm sure you know who that is. He's gone to be with the Lord. He used to go through bits or bouts of depression and heaviness. And literally, he would lock himself in his room, and it would take days for him to overcome. And during one of these bouts, and his whole family knew about it, and, uh, and he was believing for deliverance from that and taking thoughts captive and fighting the good fight. The Lord spoke to him in that room as he was going through a bit of de- a bout of heaviness and depression. And he spoke to him and said, it's the same thing your father had. It's generational. And he, all of a sudden, his eyes were opened to the reality that his father did the same thing. His father would lock himself in his room with these, these bouts of depression and heaviness, and he realized, it's the same stinking spirit. I reject that thing. And he rose up and took authority over it, severed it, and moved on into healing. Come on, someone say hallelujah. hallelujah. All right, let's look at this text. Jesus quotes this passage in Luke 4. It says it's about him. In fact, Isaiah 60, which we read so eloquently prior to the main text, it's also about the Lord. It's about the Messiah, Jesus, the Messiah. And the point is clear, basically, that no matter what your human need is, the Messiah can heal you and set you free. That no matter if you're bound, if you're addicted, if you're afflicted, if you're bruised, he can heal you. If you're mourning, he can help you. He helps and heals every every single problem of humanity. He fixes humanity's problems, and he does it by the power of God or the word of God. It's a supernatural answer to every problem that we have, including a spirit of heaviness, a spirit of lust, a spirit of greed, whatever is plaguing you. No matter what you've gone through, Jesus can heal you. I want you to raise your hand and say, no matter what I've gone through, Jesus can heal me. That's right, so you don't have to make excuses. Well, my daddy was depressed, or my mama was depressed, or my daddy had an anger problem, or my daddy was a drinker, and you know that's why. No, stop, stop. You're not your daddy, you're not your mama. Come on, God bless your parents. We honor them tonight, but I mean, come on. Take personal responsibility. Quit being a victim and rise up and become a victor. You don't have to stay broken. You don't have to stay addicted. You don't have to stay depressed. You can rise up and be healed by the
1: power of Jesus, oh.
0: <laughs> So many have been bound by pornography. And the result is you get captivated. You get demonized. You can break that hold of that thing. Pornography is a, it's like a wicked disease spreading through the church worse than any COVID, I promise you that destroys marriages, destroys lives, and takes people to hell. You can overcome pornography. You can be set free from that by the power of the name of Jesus. Jesus can free us from a spirit of despair. Jesus can free us from a spirit of despair and give us a garment of praise. And I know some of those songs were just perfect here for conclusion. Pick whichever one on the garment of praise. But we used to sing a song in the bygone era back in the day. And um, it was so much fun to sing it. I had no idea what it meant, but I liked it. It was fun. And uh, it's put on a garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Lift up your voice to God. Pray in the spirit and with understanding. Oh, magnify the Lord. And we used to sing it. Didn't quite go like that, but I just, you know. I have been at places of despair in my life, and that song would be brought to mind. See, I've learned for me how the Holy Spirit works through things and how He speaks to me, and how He, I mean, He's used birds, He's used creation, He uses His word, He uses His spirit, He uses my children, my wife, He uses people, He can use anything to speak to you. And I've had times of great despair, and then I just hear, and I know it's from the Spirit because you feel like you want to lie down and die, crawl in a hole, and everybody leave you alone for the rest of your life. And then I hear that still small. and I've started singing that song when I felt like I couldn't, I felt like a piece of gum stuck on the bottom of the devil's shoe, and I've begun to lift my voice and pray and sing, and watch that thing just like, bam, break. Come on, lift your hands to heaven all across this place. Another one that comes to mind. Oh, clap your hands and lift them high, for this is day that the Lord will draw nigh. Clap your hands and lift them high. Oh, this is time that the Lord will draw nigh. What's that other one? Shake off those heavy hands, lift up those holy hands. Oh, come on. All right. How to marmalize. The spirit of heaviness. I just love that word. I love that word. How to trounce the spirit of heaviness. Well, the first thing is, as we, as we bring this to a soon conclusion, A, give your life to Jesus. Everybody say it. Give your life to Jesus. That's number one. And I was helping to counsel uh, a young man who has really been through a lot. And not unlike all of us, most of the problems that he's in were created by his foolish choices. I know a lot of people blame the devil for things. That was a laugh of acknowledgement. I know, that, I know people blame the devil for a lot of stuff, but honestly, I think he gets more credit than, than is deserved. And this young man has been through a tremendous amount of, and marriage on the rocks. He's suicidal. Doesn't know which way is up. Oh, he doesn't come to church, not coming to church. Doesn't call on the Lord. And I've had people tell me, I, t- I tried that. Um, I, th- I think you, you tried something different than what I got because I, I, I don't know what you're talking about because maybe, maybe that was the key. Maybe you tried or something. You need to surrender, full surrender. Many people don't experience full deliverance and full power because they don't fully surrender. We used to sing that song, I surrender all. You remember that? to Jesus I surrender, I surrender all. I surrender
1: all. I surrender all. <laughs> oh, blessed Savior, I your
0: Pastor Karen walked down and gave her life to Jesus with that song. I think I might have too. Most people never really get free because they don't really surrender. Listen, submit to God, resist the devil. He will flee. I tried that. No, you stopped resisting, dude. Dude, bruh. If he's still around, you're not done yet resisting. Resisting. the answer for him. I know the answer for the young man. And it's just kinda like I just want to get a spirit of slap. Just stop. But it's a spiritual thing. Really you want the blessing of God? So, so let me see. You're going to keep smoking pot. You're going to keep drinking. You're going to keep hanging out with your knuckle-headed friends. You're going to keep acting like a fool with your wife. You're going to keep giving yourself over to, to lust and pornography and that, that girl that you're messing around. And, and you, think you're, you think you're going to... No wonder you want to kill yourself. The devil's trying to kill you. Stop! Surrender. That's the number number one thing. How to trounce, how to marmalize the spirit of heaviness, and the truth is how to, how to trounce every spirit in life that's contrary to God's spirit. Give your life to Jesus, number one. How simple. Give your life to Jesus. Specifically call on the Lord to heal you. Specifically call on the Lord to heal you. One of the things that comes with COVID-19 to encourage you and to bring perhaps revelation is a spirit of fear. And I think that can come for a number of reasons. And if we didn't have all the information, didn't have all the all the all the different things that the enemy brings to brings to light in your mind, or at least he tries. We've, we've known people that have gone through this COVID-19 in the thick of it such a spirit of fear would come upon them that literally they're battling in their mind the planning of their funeral, people coming and packing up their clothes and cleaning their house, and somebody else raising your babies, somebody else marrying your husband or your wife. You, you can't entertain things like, you, you don't allow, for, you, you have to stop that. You have to stop that, and you have to ask, you have to specifically call on the Lord. And I, I told you about a couple moments that I had over the past couple of weeks. Burning hot shower. Physically, I just felt like, I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. I haven't felt that emotion and that physical feeling in many, many, many years. And as I was leaning against the tile. I just said, God, God, and I started weeping, and I'm crying, and I'm weeping. The Lord spoke to me about a perfect storm, and then he just encouraged me, call on me, son, and I just said, oh, come on, you're my healer. You've delivered me over and over and over again. You're delivering me again. By your stripes, I'm healed. I will rise. You'll heal my lungs. There's no permanent damage. Shut up! There's no permanent damage. I'm gonna rise. I'll be stronger than ever before. I'm gonna fulfill the plan of God. No one can take me out before my time. I will fulfill 120 years, preaching, praying, prophesying. I ask you now, release your power to heal me. Lift this thing, and then, and then I had no strength to even pray anymore, and so I just begin to mumble in tongues some of you don't know how to fight like that some of you do not know how to fight like that and so you're in depression again I'm just depressed well lift your voice and beat the fool out of that thing i just don't know what i'm gonna do pray in tongues silence the voice of the enemy in your mind speak life i don't feel like it that's your problem you live your whole life with your feelings I just, I just don't know if it's... Well, you, you can be convinced. Listen, you're, I'm just telling you, all of us will go through another set of very intense circumstances. When? I don't know. That's life. And if you don't have this, rooted in, if you are not rooted and grounded in this, when the hard time comes and when the right cross comes from the devil to try to knock you out and the heaviness and the despair and all the circumstances that want to line up and everything the doctors would say and everything that would line up with your greatest fears, you have to stand with the word of truth in your mouth like a double-edged sword and take the stinking head off the devil and do not allow for, for that thing to permeate your life stop thinking the way that you're thinking well it's my mind yeah you're a spirit with a body not a body with his spirit he comes to live inside your spirit this you must make think in agreement with God's word and if you do not then you'll be subject to the manifestation of fear and as a man thinks in his heart so he is you show me the way that you're living That is what you're believing. And you cannot separate the two. You don't have to be depressed. You can overcome. You don't have to be filled with lust. You don't have to be addicted to pornography. You can be, well, my father. Who cares about whatever was passed down the generational line? Sever that thing by the blood of Jesus. Take steps to walk in victory and power. And teach your kids to do the same thing. Specifically call on the Lord to heal you. There's a, a bulldog determination that has to be birthed in the heart of the believer. Specifically calling the Lord to heal you. Like I did that, 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 that afternoon and dozens and dozens of times. Oh, heal my God, heal my body. I declare your healing. I declare your healing. I've spent times in fasting and prayer, asking God to heal me from the deep wounds of my past more times than I can count. I would do 21-day fasts. God would speak to me and say, you need to fast and pray, for this kind does not come out except by fasting and prayer. And so I would spend time. I'd, I'd, I'd fast. I had all kinds of fasts. I did a tomato soup fast, all tomato soup and garlic. I don't know what I felt like I was supposed to do. And I think that was the only thing I could afford, to. So, Campbell tomato soup, really diluted with a lot of crushed garlic in it. I didn't have too many friends back then. I, I think maybe that's why. <laughs> hey, Brother Daniel. Hey. And I would fast, and I, and I would spend these times. I didn't, we didn't have smartphones. You know, these things are so demonic at times. I didn't have a smartphone to distract me, and Netflix wasn't around. And I didn't have a TV. I didn't hardly, hardly have two sticks to rub together. Oh, but I had Jesus. I would spend time in that, this is before I was married. You want to be sure to get this stuff out of your life before you're married, by the way. I'd cry out to God. And he would bring to memory circumstances and things that happened to me. And then it was like a wind of the Spirit would come in and it and he would heal the rejection. He would heal the embarrassment. He would heal the wounds that were created by my actions and the actions of others. You call on the Lord to heal you. Listen, when you get desperate enough, you'll turn your phone off. You get desperate enough, you put away all the distractions and you'll call on Him. And you'll put your flesh down and you fast. Fasting and prayer brings breakthrough. Call on the Lord specifically to heal you. Blunt the enemy's attack. Blunt the enemy's attack. What do you mean? Well, number one, hold high the shield of faith and put on the helmet of salvation. It's fascinating how Paul puts his shield of faith and the helmet of salvation together. You immediately think of Ephesians, but it's also found in 1 Thessalonians 5.8. The helmet is described as the hope of salvation. The hope of salvation. These things have got to be settled because you're going to go through another battle. You know, with marathoners, they, 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 train, they train to hit the wall. It's they used to, maybe it's newer now, but I remember... I remember years ago, marathoners would train so when you hit the wall, apparently there's a wall. I've not run a marathon. I've run half marathons. I've never run a marathon. I have zero desire currently to run one. They come to a place where your physical body says you can't do it, where you run out of everything and you're done. And you're done. And if you have not trained to push through the wall, you quit. Let me just tell you, you're in training right now. And if you've not been able to live with the Lord in victory now, how will you do on the floodplains of the Jordan? That's a scripture. How we run with the horses on the floodplains of the Jordan. See, and this is really peacetime. Let me just tell you something. COVID 19 is terrible, I hate it. It is also not the, like the movie Contagion. Everybody thought it was. It's bad. It's wicked. I wish it on nobody. We curse that thing in Jesus' name. What would happen if real persecution came? Because this ain't it. This is straight peacetime. What would happen if real, real persecution came in difficult? Now, I know there have been people that have passed, and I, I understand. I'm not belittling that. I'm just saying, by and large, by and large, this is I mean, got, most of us have food in our stomachs and I know there's some that don't if you don't and you need help you call the church and we'll help you I understand that but most people are still come on we're blessed we're blessed it's not like the, the bird flu of the early 1900s it's not like do you, do you understand are you training right now are you, are you ready are you, are you, are you strong He said, well, maybe not so much. Well, it's time to strengthen yourself because there'll come another attack and you you will stand with the shield of faith. That's why I got that joy of the Lord. Oh, woo. I got got another testimony. What is it? I had COVID-19 and I'm healed. Hallelujah. Hebrews 6, 18. Quickly, please. Hebrews 6, 18. Lay hold of the hope set before us. Oh, my goodness. Can you push, put Hebrews 6.18 on the screen if you're able to? Come on, as we bring this to a conclusion here. Hebrews 6. Appreciate our media people. You guys are awesome. Are you getting something today? who have fled for the refuge to lay hold of the hope set before us. Understand, understand that before us is eternity, that this will pass. We're eternity minded. Heaven is just ahead. The best is yet to come. Don't ever lose track of that. Let let, let You might be going through difficulty. Oh, but God's going to turn it around. You might be going through pain and, and challenges and, and and remorse or depression oh but but god god is got a hope for you set your hope in heaven psalm 42 and 5 turn there thank you lord god psalm 42. Oh, what a, what a passage of Scripture. Verse, let's take it from, oh, verse 1. As the deer pants, actually, let me teach you something. Psalm 42. You see, that next part is actually in the original language. For the director of music, a masculine, for the sons of Korah. That's actually in the original language. So when you read a psalm, you should actually read that part too. Did you know that? As a deer pants for the streams of water, so my soul pants for you, my God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. Where can I go and meet with God? My tears have been my food day and night. While people say to me all day long, where is your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul. How I used to go to the house of God under the protection of the mighty one with shouts of praise, shouts of joy and praise among the festive throng. Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior, my King. Verse 5. Is one of the keys of overcoming depression, overcoming heaviness. You talk to yourself and tell yourself to stop it. Stop it. You're gonna rehearse your funeral. You're gonna rehearse people coming and cleaning your clothes and raising your kids and someone else taking your husband. You're gonna rehearse, you're gonna rehearse in your mind these, these fears that become fantasies, that basically become the, the breeding ground of. of the manifestation of darkness in your life? Are you going to rehearse those things? Is that what you want to do? Is that really what you want to do? That's not what God wants you to do. God wants you to slap yourself, and spiritually speaking, and put your hope in God. I've had moments where I would just be like, no, no. I'm talking to myself. My soul's like, yes, no. Yes, no. No. And then, and then you, you start losing, but, oh, well, maybe it isn't all that bad. Uh, uh,
1: wait.
0: Jesus, no, yes. No, I'm telling you, that is the way it is. But some of you don't fight like that. Some of you are like, just give in. David says, man, my tears have been my food day and night. Oh, when people are making fun of me and they're saying, where is my God? Because I've got COVID-19. Somebody's saying, where is my God? Oh, the building's not done yet. Shut up. Put your hope in God. Put your open, I will yet praise him. I will exalt the Lord at all times, and his praise will continually be in my mouth. I will say the Lord is my rock and my refuge, my God in whom I trust. He's my healer. He's my deliverer. He's my strong tower. Hey, come on, somebody shout to God. All right, I'm almost done. Guard your mind, which is kind of what I've been talking about. Guard your mind. Don't let every thought just run rampant. Answer each accusation with? Oh, you guys are good. Oh, you saw it on the screen. Answer every accusation with God's word. Every accusation with what? If you could have been a sitting in the bleachers of my mind, Early on in my walk. I don't have those kind of attacks anymore. I have other ones. Identity was the biggest one. Early on. Some of you still struggle with your identity. It's because you've not done the work. It's because you've not done, it's because you've not been convinced of God's word, that it actually is God's word. And you're not convinced of the blood and you being a new creation. You're not convinced That you're born again and that your sin no longer remains. And you think of yourself as just a sinner saved by grace, which is actually a psychotic statement. Oh, you were a sinner, you're saved by grace. Because once you're saved, you're born again, you know, continue, do not continue to sin. Some of you have not done the work. And so you wonder why you have, you wonder why you're getting marmalized. You wonder why you're getting trounced in the fight towards depression, anxiety, fear, lust, greed, addiction. It's up to you. I think back that if I had not come into this church, If I had not heard teaching and preaching like I'm giving you right now, I wouldn't be alive. Pablum is for babies. It's time to mature. It's time to grow up. It's time to mature in your salvation. It's time to walk in victory, power, and authority. Is there a fight? It's the fight of your life, yes. But it's a fight that you fight from a place of victory, not for victory. It's already been purchased through Jesus. So you stand with his his delegated authority as his son, as his daughter. You execute judgment on the thoughts that the enemy. He doesn't even come to me like that. I will punch him in the throat. What does that look like? It looks like me physically taking, spiritually taking authority over him. Then and going, and getting a whole lot of people saved, and taking more steps of faith and ramming it down his throat. Like oh, I don't want to mess with him anymore. Right? That's right. I'm known in heaven, and I'm feared in hell. How about you? See, well, that sounds kind of arrogant. No, I just know who I am. And there's times when we can step out in spiritual arrogance, and the Lord will be sure to spank you for that, so don't worry. Answer every accusation with God's word. And, and I really started on number four Ready? Get into an atmosphere of praise and worship. We're going to worship one more time. I preached about twice as long as I thought I was going to, but you kept pulling on me. You kept pulling on the anointing, and I hope that you got something to help you. You don't have to yield to a spirit of of heaviness, but the truth is you don't have to yield to any other spirit. You can fight that thing. You can drive it out of your kids, drive it out of your family. And by the way, every generation has to take authority over the generational iniquity that was upon them. Passed down from the fathers to the third and the fourth generation. Yes, it's taken care of by the blood, but you have to appropriate it. You got to take that thing and whip that thing like a scalded dog in the name of Jesus and take authority over heaviness and depression and despair. Trounce it. Come on, somebody say, Trounce it. Own it. I will never be depressed. Come on, why don't you say it? I dare you. I will never be depressed. I will never be subject and yielded to a spirit of fear. Say it. I will never be subject to and yielded to a spirit of fear. Why is that, Pastor? Because God has given me a spirit of power, love, and sound mind. Because the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives on the inside of me. I am more than a conqueror. I am seated with Christ in heavenly places. I'm a new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. Come on, stand up on your feet. I can do all things through Christ who strengthening me. I have authority. i got power. Wonderwork and power on the inside. I've been redeemed. I've been washed. I've been cleansed, made new I got power Working on the inside Come on, put your hands together for Jesus All across this place We're going to take communion again Just to sort of sucker punch him one more time Ushers, would you?
1: Come on testimony, from death to life. I, I dare you to you move your feet story, I'll testify by Jesus Christ the righteous. I'm justified. This Thanks. is my testimony. This is my testimony. Come, Come on, this is my testimony from death to life. Because hey. grace rewrote my story. I'll testify.
0: A uh, some kind of wafer, and uh, yeah, I don't know if it's uh, man, Father, help me open this plastic. Now I pray.
1: Hey. gotta
0: have a touch from God just to crack that thing open well, I do believe it's gluten free it is a non Keats Kino we haven't t- checked to see how many carbs are in the gluten free wafer we don't believe in what's called transubstantiation which is uh There are some mainline denominations that believe that transubstantiation believes that when you receive communion through the mass, specific ritual that they do, that it actually becomes the actual body and the actual blood of Jesus. If that was the case, you'd be crucifying Jesus every time you had communion and it's not a biblical idea. It's it's, uh, made by man to bring power and authority to religion no you can take communion in your home and I'd encourage you I think every single house ought to have, you ought to have come on some sourdough bread or Ritz cracker or whatever so you, can, you can break off a piece of your seven grain bread and use that it doesn't matter what you use and you can use juice orange juice grape juice prune juice don't drink too much of that though you can use water It doesn't matter what you use, but I think every household should take communion, and I'd encourage you to do that. I'd encourage you to do that. So, tonight, God, we stand before you. Thank you for your word is so rich, so full of truth, empowering, training, and equipping us to overcome darkness and despair and heaviness. And tonight, again, before you, we stand and ask that you would forgive us for wrong thoughts, attitudes, perhaps, motives. Whether we're perhaps unpure or not right, God, forgive us. You did expose that, that we could repent. But I'm mindful that perhaps we've done things also that we're not aware of. God, we ask you that you would forgive us and wash us and cleanse us now. The things that we are aware of and the things perhaps that we, we don't know. So cleanse us now. On the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread and he broke it. He said, This is my body, which is broken for you. And likewise, manner, he took the cup and he blessed it and said, This is the cup of the new covenant. My blood was just shed for you. And as often as you do this, do this in remembrance of me. So, God, we remember that you took the body of sin, sickness, and disease upon yourself. And we receive your healing, your forgiveness. Your blood that cleanses us from all unrighteousness now as we confess to you our need for a Savior. More than a rule book. Thank you for the Bible. Thank you for the Word. But it's living word, Savior. We declare that's who you are to us, our Savior. Your blood, your body washes and cleanses us, forgives us, changes us, transforms us. And we declare as well, Not only healing, not only forgiveness, not only full atonement. You're eminent and soon, very soon return.
1: We love you. Thank you. Amen. Let's eat and drink.
0: service is almost concluded I have to say that last point put yourself in an environment if you'll practice God's presence depression can't touch you for in his presence there's fullness of joy you want somebody need to change your radio station Come I mean, you need to change your TV station. Be careful, little children, what you hear, be careful, little children, what you see. And equip yourself by listening to the word, by reading the word, by praying the word, by memorizing the word. And allowing the kingdom of God to be released. The opportunity that I'm giving you, says the Lord, is beyond. Which you know in your finite mind. For I'm going to use you as an ambassador. And as an ambassador, you will lovingly speak my word, unashamed, unabashed, and unintimidated. I've made you to be strong, and I've put my word in you like a hammer, like a fire. The Lord wants you to be sensitive, careful, and tender. For the intensity and power of anointing upon your life is far stronger than you know. It's a soft word that turns away wrath. I will put my word in your mouth. You will not only speak and declare and stand as my ambassador in this next event on behalf of those that you love, but it will mark your life. I'm going to raise you up to be even a negotiator I'm gonna raise you up to to be one who is able to reason, unoffended. Even when I'm rejected, even when sound reason in the word is rejected, you will remain unoffended and will receive a glorious burden for I'm marrying the intercessor and a negotiator. I've made you to be a watchman on the wall, says the Lord. Much of your training much of what you've been through in your own life, much of what you've been through in the circumstances relationally have prepared you for where you are now. You are very grateful and broken and humble in the best of ways. And as I season your words with grace, there'll be fresh oil that flows from you like a balm in Gilead to heal the broken heart. Although you might not see it at the actual time of gathering and counsel and meeting, your words, as my words, will be seeds planted in the deepest soil of the heart that in time will bring forth the peaceable fruits of righteousness. And I will heal for the sake of the children. I will heal for the sake of my kingdom And I will bring a glorious touch of heaven. Trust in me. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, as you acknowledge me, I have and I will continually day after day, week after week, month after month, make your paths straight powerful word lay hands on your sister receive right now powerful word Whoa. Whoa. come on somebody won't you give them praise in the house of God won't you shake off that heaviness come on shake off those heavy bands and lift up your holy hands unto God Come on, shout to God with a voice of triumph tonight. If you haven't given your life to Christ, I hope that you did it during this incredible service. You'll be encouraged. Wednesday, I'll be preaching with my hair on fire. I can't wait. It's going to be an amazing time. we are starting a new series on healing, the forgotten birthright. Don't miss Wednesday night. Amen. We'll let you know about some of the changes that are taking place over this week. Thank you so much. I covet your prayers. And I thank you for many that have prayed for me and my wife. I'm healed and whole as you can tell and I give God the glory. Come on somebody give them glory. Hallelujah. We pray one more time. We pray one more time. Lord for a complete healing to come upon those that are under the affliction of COVID-19. I thank you now in Jesus name sickness, infirmity and disease we break your hold. Come on those of you online. Those of you watching my right, right now on your device. Lift your hands in the name of Jesus be healed. Be healed fear go and fear go heaviness go depression go release your healing now right now say with me be healed ready one two three be healed in Jesus name say it again full voice one two three be in the name of Jesus we love you we'll see you Wednesday morning prayer will be here and we'll hope that you'll be a part of that we love you God bless you bless your people, cause your face to shine upon us, lift up your countenance towards us, be gracious to us, keep us, and give us peace in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining today's podcast. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, you can partner with us and give at kcalaska.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our channel and enjoy more messages like this one.